Hello, and welcome to the Digital Workspace Works podcast. I'm Ryan Purvis, your host, supported by our producer, Heather Bicknell. In this series, you'll hear stories and opinions from experts in the field, stories from the front lines, the problems they face and how they solve them, the areas they're focused on from technology, people and processes, to the approaches they took that will help you to get to the scripts for the Digital Workspace inner workings. We want to go through those uh, those URLs that we've been discussing. Should we start with the Outlook one first? Sure. So this was um, Microsoft now letting you set, I think, at the overall policy level to end means early. Uh, so automatic scheduling, making it easier to end meetings five to ten minutes early so that you're not booking people like five hours <laughs> in a row. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I'll be honest, I thought this was already there. So I use, mm. so in my settings on my Outlook, I've set that that every meeting um, is five minutes shorter or 10 minutes shorter, depending on the length by default. Um, so so when you book in a half an hour meeting, it's always going to be 25 minutes. When you book in an hour meeting, it's always going to be 50 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that largely has worked. Um, to, to an extent. What I noticed last night, which I think I sent you a screenshot of, is I was sending an email. Um, what time was it? it? Must have been 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. Something like that. And it actually popped up with a message across the top saying, "Do you want to send this email now, or do you want to delay the sending of this email till tomorrow morning working time for the people that that you're emailing?" Who who? Now these were internal people, so it obviously worked. It obviously knew. They, they sort of had the data to know what time they would be in. And I said, send it anyway. Um, not because I was expecting a reply straight away, um, but I just didn't want to leave it to chance to, to wait for tomorrow morning. If they, read it, if, they, if they read it last night and they could respond to it last night, then that would have suited me. Um, we don't have any any laws where I live and work in either, you know, either country that says you can't send emails out of, out of time zone or out of working hours at least. Um, now in the fr- sort of French or the or sort of France and, and then the Parisian areas, I think that is actually something that is legislated still that you mm-hmm. can't send emails out of work hours. So I thought it was quite a cool, that was quite a cool feature, uh, as well. Yeah. I've triggered that feature <laughs> before too. Um, then it is nice to, get the automatic, you know, if you want to delay it to have the automatic scheduling option right there, because I don't even know where to find it normally in Outlook. Um, usually I don't. Uh, if I send emails late, I'm not generally expecting a late reply. It's more just like getting it off of, you know, out of. I'm, I'm finished with it. I don't want to forget about it the next day. Um, I think on the on the Outlook scheduling piece, I think you're right. It was there. Before, I think what's different about it is that you can now set it organization wide if you want. So more like oh, a, that would make yeah, more by sense. policy yeah. type thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really get that from the article to be quite honest, but I, I was just reading very quickly. I mean, I think the the thing that I like is that, is that they have they as Microsoft and I think the other tech giants would, would also need to admit to this that they are part of the problem. Um. And they need to put in things that help solve the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why it's a 30-minute or a 60-minute meeting is because that's what the defaults have always been. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, some poor engineer back in the day of building Outlook put those things in arbitrarily and it's, you know, it set the whole world on fire. How long do people meet for? I don't know, 30 minutes, an hour. <laughs> yeah, which which often, I mean, I was laughing, we were laughing today. We'd booked an hour for a meeting and we finished the meeting in like 10 minutes and we're like, um, this doesn't happen very often. Should we, should we talk about something else? And like everyone was like, no, we've got too much work to do. We can, we can end the meeting now. And I think that's, <laughs> that's, that's definitely tying into the digital overload. We have too many meetings talking about too many things and you could talk for hours and hours and hours and not get any work done. Um, but at the end yeah. of the week, you still have to get work done. Yep. I had a, a similar thought about the the technology technology that exists to save us from technology so whether it's things like enforcing you know every meeting is going to not be an hour but a few minutes shy of an hour or even things like um you know turning down the blue light uh on your phone at night or um the, the browser extensions you can get to like basically lock the internet for you. So you can't, you know, like time yourself out. Like there's all these, there's this area of solution that exists to just save you from technology. Yeah. I've actually uh, talked about that. I've started listening to a, a, a new podcast series called uh, Sudar breaks the internet. And he, he's a guy that was hired by, he wrote a book. I'm trying to try and remember this now. He wrote a book that Mark Zuckerberg read and or someone in his team read and they got him to come work for, for Facebook. And he he was looking at or focusing on all the anti or, or trying to solve spam, um, racism, you know, all the isms really. So all that stuff that they do down in Facebook to try and clean up the content, he, he was brought in to do that with the team. And I've just listened to the first episode and it is uncanny how um, – a lot of the problems that, that social media has brought in, you have to use social media fix too. You, you know, it's got, it's a, it is double, it's a double edged sword in the sense that it's as good as bad as, as, as um, the person using it. Um, which I think ties into what you're saying. It does. Yeah. I guess, I mean, social media is like, yeah, a Pandora's box, I guess, kind of from that perspective. Well, so, so I use um, that on my phone. I've got all those things set up for, for stopping me to do certain things. And, and I've noticed that I hardly hit those, not hit those numbers anymore. Like mm -hmm. I used to get to a stage where it would say, it would pop up and say, Oh, you've run out of time for this today. And I haven't, I haven't um, changed the setting, but I've just noticed that I hardly, hardly get, you know, noticed anymore, which is a good sign. I think. I think, I think we get stuck in, you know, we're creatures of habit. So I think if you get accustomed to spending, you know, here's, this is a part of the day where I check Twitter or, you know, Oh, I'm taking my like feed break between whatever I have going on. Mm. Once you break that habit, I think you realize like, man, maybe that content, you know, maybe what I was doing wasn't really that interesting after all. Maybe it wasn't adding that much value to my life. Um, mm. It's more about, yeah, I think it's really interesting how you've seen that decrease because in my mind, at least from my experience, that's what's happened. If I break a habit like that, especially with technology, I don't necessarily go back because it doesn't have the same appeal. It was just, you know, habit. Yeah. And I think I was reading something the other day that if, if you start your day, like checking your phone for everything, 
that's how your day is going to be. You're kind of training your brain to be constantly checking, checking, checking. So if you can do wake up in the morning and do a whole bunch of things that don't require like checking your, your phone. And when I say checking your phone, I mean like the social media check-ins and that kind of stuff. Then when you then later on in the day, when you check that stuff, it becomes a lot more controlled. Um, I'm doing this cause I need to check for, um, that, you know, it, it's not a, it's not a dopamine check. It's a checking off, this, you know, lists. I don't know. I don't know how to how to say it exactly, but uh, I've definitely noticed the days where I come straight to get my phone and I'm checking stuff. I spend the whole day, anytime I have a gap, checking stuff. Whereas if I get my phone and I'm go to a workout and I come back and then I do something else, then I kind of check stuff, but it's like not a stimulation for doing it. Yeah, I don't get that hit for for doing it. Um, so I think you got to train your brain to a large extent. I think you do. And I think things like even just turning off notifications for certain apps is very helpful in my experience, um, especially social media. If I don't get a notification, you know, phone wide, like pop up thing, I'm much less likely to go and, and check it, which has led to things like I just um, I still have Snapchat, but I, I just don't use it anymore because I, I forget about it. Um, which is unfortunate because I miss a bunch of like photos of my niece because that's where things get sent. So it's, you know, it's, it's kind of, there's just some downsides sometimes. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like this other thing with Netflix. Uh, I saw a post the other day um, and listened to another podcast and they also brought it up where someone says, Oh, you shouldn't watch Netflix. You should read a book or you should study a course or whatever it is. And I was thinking, yeah, that's generally, that's probably the right thing to say. But if you spent the entire day working, and you've achieved a whole lot of things and you've done your, you got up early and you studied for an hour and you worked a full day, you spend time with your kids, whatever it is, then who's to say you can't spend an hour or two watching Netflix. And as long as you go to bed, you know, at, at a good time, you're not staying up until two o'clock in the morning watching Netflix. You're watching one or two episodes, maybe from nine till 10, depending on how long your episodes are or nine till 11, but that's your normal bedtime anyway. Um, and you still go like, I still read a book before I read a chapter before I go to sleep. Um, I don't think binging Netflix in that sense is, is such a bad thing. If you're watching, like I know we've all done this, we've, we found a good series and we've watched six hours in a day. Um, and you're doing that every day, then yeah, that's a problem. That's the same as drinking a bottle of wine every day. You know, that's a problem. Yeah. Moderation is key. Yeah. I don't know. For some, somehow we've really demonized leisure activity or like mm. kind of said, that's not an important part of life. We can cut that part out, um, which I think, you know, depending on what you've been up to that day, I think, you know, I don't know, you know, what's going on in your brain <laughs> to like reset and, you know, log memories and whatnot. But I think if you just keep kind of going and, and stressing it out, I mean, we've been, we talked about burnout on a previous episode, um, Obviously, it all varies depending on the individual and what else you have going on in your life. But to me, that just sounds like a recipe for, you know, unhappiness eventually. Yeah, and I think you. I think you're right. I think I think there is that. Um, I mean, I think we, we all went through it in, during the starting of lockdowns and that, where you felt like if you weren't working, you shouldn't be relaxing either because you you know you've got to work to, you know you you've got a working day. Um, but because you're at home, you're also kind of doing home stuff at the same time. So, you know, you 
might go and start the washing, then go do a call, then come back and take the washing out and hang it. And, and that's like stealing from your work day, but you didn't commute for an hour and a half, two hours e- either. Um, so you you were working those hours as well. So there was almost a, um, uh, a, a completely unbalanced view that you had to always be working, not necessarily anything else. And we actually discussed it in one of our team meetings recently where you know, part of our team's in India, so they're going back into lockdowns now because um, their cases have gone high. And, and we're saying, you know, make sure you are taking breaks and okay, you can't go for a walk necessarily, but do some exercise or, you know, do something that's not not by a screen. Um, because also going to, going straight from your your desktop where you've been working with a screen and then going to watch TV for half an hour to take a break is not really a break. You're just going from one screen to another screen. Your brain doesn't know the difference. Um so you really, yeah, you've got to get out and get some fresh air if you can. Uh, easy to say, I guess, if you're not stuck in a building, which some of these guys are stuck in a building. Yeah, I think uh, that aspect has just made it uh, incredibly difficult. But it's it's great to have those open conversations. And I know we talk about this a lot, but just the culture and communication, that's what allows people to um, gives them that permission, that like safety net to, you know, do things like, okay, I can go, you know, do, I can exercise for 10 minutes, like take a little break doing that. Um, which I think ultimately improves people's mood is ultimately better for their work life in the, in the long run, you know, makes them happier, more productive. You know, I think, um, there's something to be said for, breaks so yeah you're right well and, and i think that's what this i mean going back to the outlook article i think that's what it's trying to point to is that having back-to-back meetings all the time and i mean we've all had that those days where you, you're in six hours of meetings eight hours of meetings and you're like you know what have i done all day i've just talked and you know just taking a bio break is like an impossible you know mission and i mean my toilet's right next to the door and sometimes i can't even get there because it's like meeting meeting and then you just have a break and someone says oh can i chat to you quickly you're like oh okay yeah that was my yesterday unfortunately sometimes i i find myself it's like there's like three minutes left in the meeting and i'm like fingers crossed let's, i hope we can wrap it up before you know the end of the hour i think like yeah i i think i'm i'm curious i mean i think this is something that organization should use at the overall level, you know, enforces the default to shorten it. You know, I'm assuming you can always go back in and make it a full hour if you want, but I would love to have more 55, 50 minute meetings instead of an hour. Well, it's Parkinson's law. I mean, if you, if you give it, it, you know, a meeting will expand to the time you give it, um, nine times out of 10, uh, probably, probably 99% of the time out of 10, um, which is what 9.9 out of 10. Um, the, the thing that I, I find, uh, interesting is is how many people get invited to meetings that don't need to be in the meeting and they sit through the entire meeting and they don't say actually you know what this has got nothing to do with me i'm out of here but they'd rather sit in the meeting and do nothing or do other stuff and you can see and if they got if they got the guts to turn the camera on um you could see them doing something else um you know it's fairly obvious but it makes them look like they're busy um say in a meeting as opposed to doing some some real work um, cause you're not going to, you can't concentrate on the one thing at a time anyway. So there's no way you're listening in on the meeting. I so. knew that's a big, a big problem is, uh, just meaning explosion for who 
who all gets invited. I think part of it is like, I was thinking about this. Um, I think there's sort of like a room where it happens type mentality with meetings that like, you know, I don't, you know, maybe there's a meeting where I'm not really going to be a participant or, you know, half the time I go to this meeting, I don't 90% of the time I go to this meeting, I don't find value, but just like, you don't want to miss out on whatever information is shared. I think that can be part of it too. Um, on the off chance that it could be interesting. And then I think again, like just the cultural organizational communication, the permission to say, um, Hey, if you are on meetings and they don't need you there, um, feel free to, you know, talk to the organizer and say, Hey, thanks for the invite. But, um, you know, you can pull me in if you need me for something specific, Mm. but otherwise I'm going to drop out of this one. Yeah, and I must admit that I, I do appreciate when people say that. Like, I'm I'm not attending. Like, we had a meeting with one of our us. Um, we did a grant to me we had to do a review meeting, and the monitoring officer said, "Look, I'm not involved in. The, I'm not required for this meeting, so I'm going to go on mute and turn my camera off, and I'll listen in, you know, while I do my uh, some other work for when you guys are done." And he literally disappeared for for 40 minutes, came back as we finished up. He came back, said, okay, I'm back. What do we need to do? Okay, this is, you know, these are the next steps because he's, he's not really supposed to be involved in the main part of the meeting other than to facilitate the start. Um, and I thought that was a great use of time. Um, he didn't interfere with the meeting. He got what he needed out of it and, and we got done what we needed to get done. So it's a good, uh, good angle. So did you want to talk about another one of the articles? Uh, I've got a hard stop now with, okay. a, with a, another meeting, funnily enough. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll have to do those other ones uh, in our next catch up. Sounds good. Well, I hope may all your meetings end a few minutes early. I hope so. my blessing to you today. So. <laughs> Never these ones. I always like these ones. <laughs> yeah, no, this is fun. <laughs> cool. All right. Thanks, Heather. I'll talk to you later. Bye, Ryan. Have a good Cheers, day. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Heather Bicknell is our producer and editor. Thank you, Heather, for your hard work on this episode. Please subscribe to the series and rate us on iTunes or the Google Play Store. Follow us on Twitter at the DWW Podcast. The show notes and transcripts will be available on the website, www.digitalworkspace.works. Please also visit our website, www.digitalworkspace.works, and subscribe to our newsletter. And lastly, if you found this episode useful, please share with your friends or colleagues.